Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb, and I'm talking real fast. Uh, you're you're fast talking high trousers. I'm fast talking high trousers. Uh, it's fast talking high trousers time. Uh, it's it's a wonderful day for us here because we're both alive. Yes, something like that. Uh, how are you, friendo? I'm okay. You know, just recorded a, a podcast yesterday with uh, Casey Moore of What's on Netflix, talking about Netflix Geeked Week 2022. And uh, yeah, it was a time. You know, the podcast was fun, but the, the Geeked Week itself uh, was a thing that happened for sure. Uh, we will talk about some of the fallout from that today. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm okay. Yeah. How God are you bless. doing? Uh, not too bad. Trying to find a place to live toward a couple places. Uh, the one seems good. There's there's some competition for it. Uh, the other one that I toured, I think, uh, is racist against my dog. So. Well, that's not good. Can't no. have that. Oh, because he's a pit mix of some kind. Yeah. He's, you know, he's sitting there. Oh, I mean, that's just like the the shit like uh, our dog Anyang is part pit, pit and, uh, you know, our first landlord who was a real racist uh, was uh, like, oh, uh, is your dog like a pit mix of any kind? And we're like, nope, like because she's like the sweetest dog ever. It's not the breed is aggressive. It's the owners. But, uh, yeah. you know, you just see dog fighting and assume it's pit bulls problem. I I don't know how it correlates, but I think that people that would be like that would assume that pit bulls are aggressive are the same kind of people who would assume that like like Arabs are terrorists or like black people are criminals or something. I don't know. It, it seems like the same kind of like logical thing, you know, that that's true. What I'm saying is that dogs are people question mark maybe i don't know i don't know i i like people who treat dog like dogs like people more than i like people who treat people like people (laughs) i don't know what to make of that but that's just uh my take here uh make it what you will call me whatever you want it's fine i'll i can take it i don't know i feel like there's uh a non-zero chance of like the lease at my old place in Columbus just expiring and me not finding a place here. And, uh, I just say, well, back to Pennsylvania, I go. Yeah, we, we tried. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why there's not like someone that works for my company that, says like hey we're just like throwing people into new cities uh you know with no 
no leads to like find a place to live. Why not? Why don't we have like a position here that like they're a coordinator for that and like help our employees have a place to live. I see what you mean, but like I, I wouldn't want my company like they know exactly where I live, but I wouldn't want them really having like influence over where I live because I, you know, I want to be able to live where I want to live as opposed to where my con- company is like, hi, we got we were able to negotiate this place for you. It's five minutes from from work. So that way, uh, all you have is uh, work and no social life. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that, like, you know, there's like I want to live in the fucking town that's built by the coal mine and spend my script at the company store or anything. But it like, it'd be nice if they were like, Hey, you're going to be extremely busy with your new job. Here's like 10 options for places to live that seem to fit your needs. Uh, let me know which ones of these you're interested in. And we'll like contact them and, and like have you go and tour it. Well, also remember that requires them to actually give a shit about uh, your well-being aside from the money they pay you. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's the thing. If if I don't have a place to live, then my well-being's not cared for and I'm not going to do the job. Hmm? That's it. Uh, The job itself is going fine, though, I guess. Yeah, how's getting that... uh delivery fee under under control yeah that's that's all running pretty smooth um i don't know i have i have two low level employees that one of them's a fucking we'll say uh, a big idiot and uh he fucking broke his finger i don't know how doing something very stupid he like closed the fucking like trash hopper on his finger and fucking broke it somehow that I don't understand. Uh, and then there's another one that like, I think stole money from the store, but I can't prove it. So like I'm changing the way we like handle our money there. So it's, uh, there you go. You know, all, all the stupid things that could possibly happen right away. I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's the worst shit. It's like, hey, we have an employee who who fucked himself up. We also have an employee who's probably stealing from us, but I have no idea how how to prove it. Yeah. So. That's it. I don't know. I'm I'm wrangling it, though. Well, I'm proud of you. Thanks. I'm a business lad. I thought you were a plastic bag specialist. (laughs) <laughs> to Tadabon. That fucking thing. All right. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's just get into uh, what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, nothing, because I didn't feel like going to the store. What about you? Hey, I also have nothing because I just want water. I don't drink enough water, so I need more water in my system. <laughs> uh, I did my laundry. That was enough going out into the world for today. 
because I had That's to right. go to the laundry. I, I keep forgetting hotel means like, yeah. Kind of sucks yeah. that they don't have their own uh, laundry service on on site. Yeah, I don't know. Some hotels do, but I don't know. I don't know why they don't. Because it's supposed to be like a suite for extended stays, you know? Right. So you would figure that'd be something they have on site. I mean, it can even be coin operated, but it's there. So like they make the money on it still. All right. uh, Well, before we get into the news, a little bit of personal stuff for the show. Uh, We have a new patron at the $5 level. It is uh, David Powell. Hey. So uh, David Powell, thank you. He gets to select a movie every month or uh, every quarter uh, that he wants us to watch. So uh, I I look forward to hopefully good things out of you, David Powell, because uh, we're about to learn later that uh, I don't expect any good things out of anybody anymore. (laughs) All right. And that'll bring us into the news. Oh, shit. It's mail time. Employees inside Roku are talking acquisition with Netflix seemingly being their top choice for a new parent company. Uh, This is from Business Insider, I guess. Uh, Dan, tell me what you think of this. All right. uh, So this this seems like a big stretch because, as we know, Netflix is starting to get into ads and they need an ad partner in theory, like a third party to run their ad services. So apparently talks began with that. And then people inside Roku apparently started running with that and being like, Oh, I wonder if Netflix would buy us. And then it, (laughs) this is all speculation from this point on. Uh, But then it feels like it's snowballed into people inside Roku actually believing that Netflix will buy Roku. (laughs) And as we know, all you really want is Ang and um Oh, what the fuck is her name? Uh Cora, that's it. You want you want those two. You don't want Roku. Roku's out of fashion now. What about Avatar Kiyoshi? I mean, we all want Mommy Kiyoshi, so <laughs> Just just kill us, Mommy Kiyoshi. It's fine. So, yeah, uh, that's that's ultimately what this feels like is uh, uh, people being like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Netflix bought us? And then people were like, oh, my God, what if Netflix bought us? Let's prep for this. Like, what a great idea. What a great thing that would happen to us. This is just a a non story. Then I take it. Yes. But this was the big Netflix discourse of the week until uh, the next news story. I don't know. Pretending that it did happen, I liken this to because Roku has ads and then it has its own like uh, televisions and then its own like streaming hardware. So like a, like a fire stick kind of like, like like thing. So like if you're Netflix, you now own a distributor in theory uh, through that. Uh, and people are worried about that because uh at least I worry about that because I find it uh, akin to the studios owning the movie theaters. But of course, also, we have Apple TV, the Amazon Fire Stick, uh, and both of those companies have streaming services. So uh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any problems. But uh, again, I don't think this is happening. I, I just think Netflix is talking to third parties saying, hi, we need somebody to run our ad servicing. 
And uh, that's it. Okay. Well, that's that's wonderful. Uh, Squid Game's officially been renewed for a second season. They put out a, a YouTube short, which is just like the eye of the like the red light, green light animatronic thing uh, with just like the eye moving around a little bit and it's singing and it has like the triangle circle and square pop up and it says squid game two. I mean, it's official now. Like we, we we've known this is going to be a thing for a while. It's just that I guess they had to hammer out details and uh, pay the creator because uh, you know, everyone made such a big stink about him not making a ton of money off the first season because it's not how Netflix works. And that's mm-hmm. not how any business works or that's not how most businesses work. And if it was, uh, he didn't negotiate into his contract. Well, now it's negotiated into his uh, second contract with Netflix so that you can bet that boy getting paid. Uh, correct. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully this season there's, uh, ones with X's so they can be all the PlayStation buttons. That's that's true. Uh, I, I'm seeing people already out of the woodwork being like, I, I would have preferred this be a one season show. And it's just like, oh, my God, you guys are not happy with anything. You just yeah. have to complain about every single thing. Well, the, the other half would be mad if it got canceled after one season. Right. So, like, I don't know. I'd rather have, like, the small amount of people come out of the woodwork and complain about the show getting there being more show than uh, the potentially millions of people that would uh, break out into hives and uh, take to the streets if it got canceled or wasn't renewed. All right. Uh, And that'll bring us into downstream. Baby, I can't control the Internet. Our first uh, official teaser trailer from Netflix this week is for Troll. Deep inside the mountain of Dover, uh, something gigantic awakens after being trapped for a thousand years, destroying everything in its path. The creature is fast approaching the capital of Norway. But how do you stop something you thought only existed in Norwegian folklore? Troll from director Roar Uthog is coming soon to Netflix. It's a hell of a handle. Uh, Dan, after all this time, we're getting the prequel to Troll 2. That's that's true. I mean, uh, ultimately, this is probably closer to Troll Hunter than Troll 2, because uh, mm-hmm. there's there doesn't appear to be a Nilbog anywhere. It's Goblin spelled backwards. I don't know. There was a lot of this this week with with Geeked Week. It was like, come on the Netflix soon. Come on the Netflix soon. Come on the Netflix soon. So, like, who the fuck knows what that actually means? It's it's a meaningless phrase after this week, and yeah. I, I'd never want to hear it again. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we got a trailer for Resident Evil. Umbrella Corporation is going to change the world. Based on the horror franchise, Resident Evil and the T-Virus arrives at Netflix July 14th. Bastille Day. That's true. Statistically, it probably can't be worse than the... Mila Jovovich ones. I don't know. We'll see. It looks okay. Uh, people, people still complaining. Like, why can't like? I don't know, man. Uh, I I hate the internet. This week is what this is coming down to. But there are people who uh, roast 
like the One Piece adaptation being like, why are you adapting a thing that doesn't need adapted? And then at the same time, whenever they try to do a new story in the Resident Evil universe, people are like, why aren't you adapting the video game? So this is like, what what do you want here? What? Yeah. Just pick 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 something. Pick a point and stick to it, please. So this is uh, this is an aside from our Netflix trailers into a trailer for something that's on a different streaming service. But did you watch the trailer for prey, which is a predator five, I guess. Uh, Do you have any attachment to the predator franchise? Uh, No, I watched the first predator and I went, yeah, this is a, this is a movie I watched. Oh yeah. We watched it together. Yeah. So. Oh, I really like the first two. I'd, I'd say I even like the third one. Shane Black's The Predator, uh, as I've discussed with you previously, is uh, an absolute disaster. Uh, un- like, war crime of a movie. Uh, this actually looks really good. I thought that it was based on the video game Prey until the Predator showed up. And I was like, oh, Predator, Prey, I get it. Yeah. But it's like uh, Native American times. Yeah, I don't know. It could be could be cool, but you know, ultimately, I don't care. You know, I don't. I just don't care. I saw Predator two before I saw Predator. Uh, I I loved I loved Predator two. I didn't really love Predator two. Predator two is a, a garbage can movie that I watched that happened to be on like FX or something at the time, and I was just watching on a Saturday as I was playing my Game Boy. I don't know. I will say this about about Prey uh, is that like a, a Disney's finally doing something with the the 20th Century Fox stuff. So, uh, which I guess they have like an Alien series in the works too. But like, uh, but also like uh, you'll be able to watch it in English or since it's like Native American times like you can actually watch it in the comanche language with subtitles which is pretty cool yeah the only thing that i wish it was was that it was originally dubbed in comanche or like originally shot in comanche and then overdubbed into english i think they just filmed it in both oh because i've i've only seen that it was filmed in english so I don't know. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, I'll watch it in Comanche. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. I don't know what the Comanche language is called, but I'm guessing just Comanche. Uh, I would assume just Comanche. Because I'm sure that like a white person named it that. So the next trailer is for the Sea Beast. Uh, We got a little teaser for this before. It's sort of like... Uh, I guess Monster Hunter and Moana kind of mashed up. Uh, the Monstrous Adventure attacks Netflix July 8th. Set a reminder uh, from Academy Award winning filmmaker Chris Williams, Moana, Big Hero 6. The Sea Beast takes us to where the map ends and the true adventure begins. Starring Carl Urban, Zaris Angel, Hator, Jared Harris, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, Dan Stevens, and Kathy Burke. In an era when terrifying beasts roamed the seas, monster hunters were celebrated heroes, and none was more beloved than the great Jacob Holland. 
Uh, but when young Maisie Brumble stows away on his fabled ship, he's saddled with an unexpected ally. Together, they embark on an epic journey into uncharted waters and make history. Hashtag Seabeast, hashtag Carl Urban, hashtag Chris Williams. Vo- Carl Urban does not sound very good for this movie, honestly. No, it doesn't seem like he's a very good voice actor. Nope, and that's fine. He doesn't have to be. But yeah, uh, I think that is going to hurt any kind of like Oscar chances this has unless like it's so enjoyable that it like blows past that. But yeah, uh, Carl Urban was not the correct person to cast in this role. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that like the visual aesthetic of this movie is very bizarre. Because like all the human characters and the ship and ocean and everything's like very detailed. And then (laughs) like the monsters are just like monochromatic blobs. Like each one's just a primary color shape. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's a very it's a it's a choice that they made. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's definitely gonna be a topic, but yeah, uh, they're hoping this is this year's Mitchell's versus the machines for them, uh, where it can potentially sneak in an Oscar win. But, uh, I, I seriously doubt it. Yeah. Good fucking luck. All right. Uh, next trailer is for blasted bros before UFOs, this sci-fi comedy inspired by the Norwegian UFO phenomenon, uh, former childhood friends and local laser tag duo Sebastian and Mikkel reconnect later in life for the ultimate bachelor party that gets invaded by aliens. To defeat the aliens, they need to rekindle their relationship to save everyone. When an alien invasion inter- interrupts a bachelor party, two childhood friends reunite as the kick-ass laser tag duo they once were to fight back. Uh, this kind of looks like... I don't know. You remember World's End with... Yep, that um, was exactly what Pig. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, Neighborhood Watch. Never saw that. I think it's called Neighborhood Watch. Or no, I think it's just called The Watch. Is it just called The Watch? Think, oh, you know why I got changed from Neighborhood Watch to just The Watch? Fucking uh, George Zimmerman. Oh, yikes. Uh, yeah, it was 2012, I- so... Oh, man. Uh, So the watch is uh, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill and Richard Ayoade from the IT crowd. Uh, And they're like a neighborhood watch group that uh, their town gets invaded by aliens and they have to fight the aliens. Apparently, it was directed by Akiva Schaefer, which is interesting. That is interesting. Why would that not be the Lonely Island group? Then. Yeah, I don't know. Akiva Schaefer actually has like some some directing credits to his name. Fif- damn, what Sandberg was doing at that time? Nine credits for Jesus. for directing. A lot of them are Saturday Night Live things and Lonely Island things, but still, that makes sense. All right, uh, I can't stall it any farther it's here i have to talk about it uh our final trailer is for farzar austin powers (laughs) farzar 
from the creators of Brickleberry in Paradise PD comes the outrageous sci-fi animated comedy series Farzar, uh, streaming July 15th only on Netflix. Egotistical human warrior Renzo liberated the planet Farzar from the evil alien Bazarak, and they established a human settlement under a huge dome, uh, becoming the Tsar of Farzar, uh, Badum Tis. Years later, Farzar is under attack by evil aliens once again in Renzo's well-meaning and not-so-bright son, Prince Feichel. Oh, fuck it, we'll call him Feichel. Uh, ventures out call Feichel. <laughs> with his special crew, Shat, special hostile assault team, exclamation point, uh, made up of human soldier turned cyborg, clashing conjoined twins, an unhinged scientist, a highly incapable mutant, and a mischievous little alien known as a chaos a lot. As they begin their journey to fight aliens that want to kill slash eat them, Feichel quickly discovers that all is not what it seems, and he may be living a lie. I, uh, yeah, uh, Babu the chaos a lot. Don't you think that dicks are funny? I, okay, so, uh, I mean, you. In the first five words of the synopsis, you read exactly why I will never be checking this out. Yeah, because it's from the creators of Brickleberry and Paradise PD. Also, they begin the trailer for this by uh, bringing up Futurama and Rick and Morty. And I don't think that's a good look to try to sell your show by comparing it to two far more funny and popular shows. Nope. I mean, I brought it up. I, I think they want this. I think Netflix wants this to be their Rick and Morty. It kind of looks a bit like Rick and Morty as well. So uh, I don't think that's going to work, though. I, I think Rick and Morty is just its own thing. And you should just avoid the space animation genre for a bit. Yeah. I don't know. They even have a scientist who, if you uh, squint, looks a little bit like like Rick who has like portal technology and he's like, Oh, this creates a wormhole, but it, it only leads to my mother's shower. And the guy's like, Oh, so it's broken. He says, no, I am. Do you get it? Isn't that that funny? That was the thing. Isn't it funny, Dan? Isn't it funny how he's hitting on, he's hitting on half of the conjoined twin. Uh, and the other one says, uh, if if you have sex, you better stay on her side of the vagina. And the guy replies that he has uh, a remarkably slender penis. Isn't that funny, Dan? I mean, it's really funny. It's really funny. Uh, seven seasons of this. I don't know. There's also like a bunch of shots of like spaceships flying into aliens buttholes or out of aliens vaginas and stuff so uh, I can't wait for how funny it's going to be I can I can wait just keep putting it (laughs) off I don't need this this trailer made me want to jump off a building I don't blame you. It's not a good. I don't know. The only good thing about the only reason I would check this out is because Lance Reddick is in it. Uh, 
the only reason I would check it out is because I'm uh, (laughs) hundreds of miles from my home in a hotel and maybe got real high on edibles or something. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. All right, Dan, any quick hits? Oh, you know, I have many quick hits. Uh, So first, I watched uh, Mission Impossible, the first one. Uh, One, two, and four are on Netflix. Uh, Why isn't three on Netflix? Uh, You, the listener, might be asking. uh, Because Paramount didn't license it out to Netflix. That's it. Uh, I've solved. I've solved the equation. There are people who are constantly confused every time, like an entire series isn't put onto Netflix, and uh, you know, it's not like Netflix doesn't want everything. They want everything. It's just not everyone gives them everything. What's the third one? Is that Rogue Nation? Uh, maybe just Mission Impossible Three. Nope, Rogue oh, Nation is called four. Three. Okay. No, Rogue Nation is five. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I think four is Ghost Ghost Protocol Protocol is four. Yeah, Uh, it's Mission Impossible. It's a it's a good movie. I don't I don't think it's everyone's like, oh, it's the best one uh, until Fallout. And uh, that might be true, although I think I I think I like Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol better than uh, the first one. I I don't think the first one is aged particularly well, but uh, I do appreciate its use of miniatures. There's a. a sequence where there's a, a train running along some tracks and it's very obviously a miniature train, but then they close, they do like a zoom in on the train and it does a transition to an actual train set that they're on. I don't know. That was neat. Like seeing how they uh, get around, like using miniatures in, in the nineties was that uh, it was interesting. That's cool. Does Tom Cruise do all of his own stunts? Uh, in theory, uh, I mean, it looks like he's hanging off the, the top of a, a train with a, a giant fan blowing like 200 mile an hour wind at him the whole time. So that was cool, I guess. And also they did the helicopter thing. But also, I just think the helicopter was on like a crane or something and therefore not actually, you know, proposing any danger to anybody as John Foyt and Tom Cruise fought on a fucking, uh, uh, helicopter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I watched the first four episodes of Warrior Nun. Uh, why did I watch Warrior Nun? Well, uh, there was a season two teaser for it uh, during Geek Week, and I went, huh, this show looks wild. I should check it out. So I've been watching it, and uh, the show is interesting. It's sl- It's slow starting. Like uh, it hasn't gotten like the really wild shit yet, but because uh, it has to set up the story like the, the general gist is like this girl is uh, dead in the morgue and um, the this warrior nun like fucking convent uh, called the order of the something. I can't remember what the, the order is right now because they've only said it like three times. Ordo Spiritus Sanctos. Mm, no, it's something much dumber it's like so blatantly obvious like they barely spent any time trying to figure out what to call it um but no they they come back from a mission and the current uh halo bearer they have uh is in the midst of dying so they have to extract the halo from her back 
and uh the the person the woman who extracts the halo uh <laughs> is like just trying to look, look to find somewhere to put it that's safe and shoves it in uh the dead girl's back which brings her back to life so uh, uh it's a lot of uh <laughs> isn't that the plot of uh streets of new capenna the magic set I mean, kind of, but also it's a literal halo instead of, you know, a drug instead of, but not yeah. a drug, but, but don't have, uh, you know, martini glasses at your, at your magic's event when you play in the game store, but we'll have cards that have people holding martini gra- glasses full of, uh, Drugs, which is ground up angels, I guess. I don't know. That storyline's really weird and stupid. It's really weird. It's almost like we could have benefited from having two sets on New Capenna instead of just one. But but hey, that's for a different podcast. I can't wait for whatever Magic the Gathering thing to come out on Netflix and it to just be a complete mess. Oh, it's going to be great. It'll be fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll love it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm only four episodes deep in this thing, and we're starting to dive further into the mystery. I think it's actually kind of well, pretty well paced for what it's doing, which is just currently a lot of setup to get to the end. Uh, uh, hopefully it, it picks up a, a bit because we're getting into a territory where it's like we just need to get on with like get on with the story. But like it's leaving enough like kernels of intrigue where I'm. Uh, interested basically the whole episode and uh, also offering some good character stuff from this girl. Cause uh, also it turns out before she died that she was basically a quadriplegic. Like she had limited functionality over her arms, but um, yeah. So like she comes back to life and has, you know, full range of motion again and can uh, fucking run fast and shit. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's interesting her being like, I have all this freedom now to do whatever I want, but uh, I'm trying to be restricted and put in this, this little silo again, because I have this massive responsibility of being the halo bearer for the, the church. Uh, interesting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you know how the rest of it f- pans out. Uh, what, what about you? Do you have anything? Uh, no, nothing at this time. All right, that's fair. Uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, it'll be time to talk about our main view topic for the week. Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash apple podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week. Hustle. 
Hustle is a comedy drama sport film, uh, brand new on Netflix. It's a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. A basketball scout discovers a phenomenal streetball player while in Spain and sees the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Pretty close to being an accurate description. Uh, stars Adam Sandler, True. Queen Latifah, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll kick it to you first, Dan. What did you think? Uh, I like it. It's a it's a good movie. It's a good solid movie. It uh, you know, it's a bit saccharine at points, and but otherwise, you know, uh, this is kind of what I want more from Adam Sandler is like somewhat challenging roles for him, where it, it doesn't. It's not just him being like, yeah, I'm just here doing a weird voice. Uh, with my friends on Halloween, like on Halloween or on holiday or whatever, hanging out. Uh, like I, I actually appreciated seeing him trying and, and not overly trying like he did in uh, other movies. Yeah. I don't know. I, honestly, like I don't really like sport ball movies. I don't like basketball in particular. I just have no connection to it. Uh, which, gives this next statement all that much more weight because uh I loved this movie. This movie's really yeah. fucking good. It's wild to see what happens whenever, you know, everyone gets behind something and actually decides to put forth effort behind the the script and making sure that everybody actually is doing something and doing something within uh how talented they are. Yeah, Uh, I will say like this movie did a very, very smart thing, which is that uh, rather than hire a bunch of actors to act like they can play basketball, they got a bunch of basketball players to play basketball in front of cameras. And then sometimes they talk. Yeah, it's true, because uh, Wancho. Uh, I forgot that he was a basketball player. It turns out he was like a first round pick by the Utah Jazz in like 2016. Yeah. But yeah, like they don't they don't ask him to do a lot. There's there's one like a lot of it is just like him like standing there and letting the actors act around him. And then he's just kind of reacting to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed who else is in this movie. Maybe you missed him. Any guesses? Was it Jaleel White? Yeah, Steve Urkel. He's here. Yeah. I always forget yeah, he how has a, a couple fucking lines. shredded he is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's he's fucking Jack now, <laughs> I guess, because like the Urkel thing, he just went like in the opposite direction. Well, like, I don't know if you ever watched Family Matters back in the day, but like uh, the like he basically threatened the studio to walk if they didn't let him uh introduce like the the dna changer machine thing that let him transform himself into stefan arkell uh which is just jaleel white being himself uh which is to say uh dreamboat that's that's true uh yeah, I, I like Jaleel White in the very limited, limited role he had. I mean, he was just kind of like a dick, uh, basically like the yes man to the Ben Foster uh, owner character who was mm-hmm. also just a dick. 
That's true. Also, Ben Foster is a tiny dude. He, I didn't realize how little that man was. Yeah. He looks like a... Uh, like an off-brand Justin Timberlake action figure. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and then we have uh, Queen Latifah in here as uh, Adam Sandler's wife, which uh, it's always nice to see her pop up and stuff. She's... Uh, very attractive uh and has been for a very long time like just uh-huh. is not aging at all that's that is true she's looked the same for about 20 years now yeah uh i will say uh while i thought her character itself was was solid uh i don't think she has any kind of chemistry with adam sandler whatsoever like whenever they shared the screen together which was Honestly, minimally, but like they have a couple scenes together and it's just like you guys just aren't clicking. I don't know. I don't know that they're even really supposed to like it. They just kind of portray like that's true. Married couple that's been together for uh, too long to really care. That's fair. I don't know. Um, I don't know how spoilery we want to get with this. It's it's sort of like uh, Rocky ish. Or like any sport movie you've seen, uh, he finds a, a dude who has raw talent and, you know, helps him put in the work to like maximize his potential uh, while also being down on his luck. Mm-hmm. And he has to push him to succeed because if he doesn't succeed, then, uh, you know, Adam Sandler can't succeed. Well, there's also there's that layer, but there's also the layer of his dream is ultimately to be an NBA coach of some kind. And at the very beginning of the movie, he like they give him that opportunity. He's they they're about to have him be, you know, that NBA coach like he's going to be, you know, not on the bench, but, you know, he'll be there. And then uh, that gets pulled away from after the owner dies and Ben Foster gets pulled and pulled uh, to charge. So he's just like, hey, I'll, yeah. you're you're a good coach. Like, I recognize that, but you're a better scout. And I need you out there. And Adam Sandler's like, well, I mean, I just want to be home for my kid's birthday for once. And Ben Foss is like, uh, no, find me the next god. And uh, therefore, Adam Sandler has to go find the, the next god in Spain. And so, yeah. like, as he helps him through the, uh, the NBA draft process, like, he's just there coaching him for about uh, a month and a half, which I think reignites Adam Sandler's, uh, or, or what? what is it, like Sonny Sugarman, something like that. I can't, Shelby Sugarman, something with Sugarman. Stanley. his first name right now. But like, it reignites his passion for coaching. Stanley Sugarman, that's it. Uh, you know, Veronica Vaughn, Virginia Bennett. Uh, <laughs> now we have Stanley Sugarman. Yeah, he's the heiress of the Sugarman Sugar Cubes fortune. Nice poll. Yeah, like <laughs> I that was a that was a nice little through line throughout the the movie was Adam Sandler just kind of being like, I, yes, I can coach. Like, see, w- look at me and the way I'm be able to coach this guy up from, you know, a talented hothead to you know someone who is a, an ultra talented, uh, you know, whatever he is, whatever you want to call him at that point. Uh, hoops doctor. Yeah, Doctor of Hoops. Uh, he has a PhD in J. Uh, a PhD in Jamology. That's true. Uh, it was one of my um, 
one of my things is like, I'm not a big basketball guy, but like I recognized a lot of the players. Uh, the, the the most prominent person I recognized was uh, Kenny Smith, who played Leon, who was uh, the agent and uh, Adam Sandler's friend who he uh, helped out in, in college. Uh, so he's on this panel and you actually see this later in the movie where uh, it's the NBA on TNT and it's called Inside the NBA with uh, Shaq, uh, Ernie, and then uh, Charles Barkley. Now, there's normally the, a fourth person on that panel, and that is Kenny Smith. So I feel like they got Kenny Smith, <laughs> and then he did them the favor of getting Shaq and Charles Barkley and the inside the NBA crew in the movie uh, to add some verisimilitude. There you go. Nice word use. Thank you. I don't know how much more really to say about this other than uh it's quite no. good and like i don't know going going like real deep into spoilers for something like this doesn't make a lot of sense to me so no i i agree uh you should definitely just go in knowing that uh it's rated highly we're gonna rate it highly uh it's i think this is netflix's highest rated movie of the year and for good reason yeah i don't know in uh Adam Sandler really cares like he he's actually putting on a, a good performance and like, you know, basketball is something that he really cares about. I think he's a Knicks fan. Um, I that is probably right, which is why it's weird that he's a, a scout for the Sixers in this. Yeah. But I mean, also, of course, uh. LeBron James is an EP on this and he's never played for the Sixers. So I'm guessing they just went, eh, just pick a team. It doesn't matter. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> just, I'm looking at Adam Sandler's biography on IMDb and uh, under like trademarks, it says his characters often have a penchant for particular brain name food, e.g. snack packs, Subway, Popeye's chicken, etc., that's that's true. Uh, a whole cold cut combo. It's Popeye's a whole chicken is fucking awesome. I mean, they they name drop Pringles at least nineteen times. Uh, you see him get Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. So you know he he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, in the films he writes, the female characters often have names that begin with the letter V. Veronica Vaughn, Virginia Bennett, Vicky Valancourt, Vanessa, Valerie Varon. In the films he writes, his characters' names often end with the letter Y. Billy, Sonny, uh, Bobby Boucher, Happy Gilmore, Nikki, etc. Hmm. Stanley. Yeah. Uh, he paid for the expensive hotel for the NBA prospect in Stanley Nichols. <laughs> It's uh, it's a good joke. It's a real good joke. All right, and that'll bring us over to our patron requested review uh, from Chris Yaney. It's for a movie called The Blind Detective. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Uh, 
the Blind Detective, or its original title in Cantonese of Mong Tom. Definitely didn't say that right. Uh, probably sound like a, a big piece of shit for the attempt. Uh, it's a 2013 action comedy crime film. Uh, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. A brilliant detective is forced into early retirement after losing his eyesight. Making ends meet by solving cold cases for reward money, he teams up with a rookie lady inspector to solve a case from her personal past. Uh, stars Andy Lau as uh, Chong Si Tun, or they call him Johnston. Uh, Johnston, and yep. Sammy Cheng as Ho Ka Tung. Uh, which they just call her Ho, which I think is mean. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Um, fuck, man. Uh, I did not like this movie. <laughs> I, I fucking, I fucking there, loved this movie. Oh God! So uh, <laughs> there's there there was just some fucking disconnect between the Hong Kong cinema and then me. And I just I just can't find a way to bridge it. Like I look at this yeah. and I'm like, you know what? This would be a cool television series. I don't need this as a movie. Like this is just pain <sighs> for some reason. See, I was fully prepared to just hate on this and uh just fucking Yaney just fucking sinks one from downtown. Uh I like this movie a lot. It's basically like uh it's like a mystery slapstick fucking movie. Uh, and like, I don't know the comedic part of it really worked for me. Uh, like obviously there's like, they set up the, the male and female protagonists as like love interests, but like it's super fucking toxic. Cause all he cares about is like cracking the case and like, you know, getting the person who thinks that is the love of his life. And she just like lets him (laughs) fucking, abuser and it's really sad for a lot of it but she's just like oh it's you know i'm just trying to get him to notice me but he can't because he's a a blind person uh and in Uh, his mind she's she's a female cop so she looks like the the homely female cop that uh you know worked with him in the past yeah I mean, that's how that always works. Uh, female cops are always ugly. They're, they, they're never attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And then like towards the end of the movie, uh, for the first time, he touches her face and is like, oh, man, I've been hanging out with this smoke and dime piece this whole time. Uh, I'm in love with her. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> uh, he's he's blind and somehow also shallow. Well, I mean, he has to save face in front of his friends. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he like his his way to like solve mysteries is to like unravel the clues within his mind palace. So like, yep, the two of them will act out, you know, the crime and be like, well, this doesn't work because this and like oh there must have been another person here or you know something uh but like the whole time while they're acting this out he's like fucking smacking her (laughs) like 
makes her wear a helmet and then like hits her on the head with a hammer and like throws her down some stairs and uh, a bunch of other deplorable shit. I mean, yeah, that's where the the comedy is supposed to be derived from is him beating up a woman. (laughs) God, Uh, when you put it that way, it's uh, not great. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's some fine, funny stuff to it, but, like, ultimately, it's just, like, it's a blind guy beating up a woman, uh, and he does, like, he solves some cases, and he's, like, really good at it, and, it like, it's almost like Monk, in a way, or it's, mm-hmm. like, there's something, like, horribly wrong with the, the detective, uh, although this time it's just that he's blind and not just incredibly, obsessively compulsive. Uh, so, like, that they play into that and like, you know, he, he, he solves the sulfuric acid case in a very interesting way. Uh, and then you find out he's completely hopeless because he's blind and, and can't, you know, dodge acid attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spends a lot of time smelling people in this movie. Yeah. He's all up in that, uh, sweaty fat dude's, uh, pits the entire time. And yeah. you're just like, Oh no, his nose must be ruined for all the other cats. uh so yeah they they solve a bunch of mysteries eventually uh he does manage to solve the mystery that like he was fucking hired to solve after like using uh his partnership with this female uh cop to like further his own ends but you know they get there I get there. I mean, uh, that's that's also supposed to be part of it is like he's just off solving other cases in the midst of solving her case. And she just gets upset. But he's like, no, 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 we're definitely I'm definitely still working on your case. It's just I need money. And that's that's basically (laughs) like all his entire driving factor is I need money. Like, yeah, he keeps raising prices on her after he keeps finding out how uh, much more wealthy she is. Because apparently she's just well to do for some reason. Well, yeah, she uh, inher- she has a lot of inherited wealth, um, but like the yeah, like most of the comedy of this derives from like him eating constantly and her having Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, because uh, she's seen how brilliant he is. Yeah, she's like, we should solve the crime. And he's like, sure. But like real quick, let's uh, stop at this like uh soup cart on the street here. Yeah. And then uh, there's also the sequence where he's trying to bang the, the, the woman at the, the dance studio. And uh, she had like, he, he, he looks all nice. And he's like, Hey, we're going out Saturday or whatever day it was. And she dresses mm-hmm. up all nice too to go to tango blue. And, uh, and he's like, all right, uh, thanks for dropping me off. I really appreciate it. And she's like, wait, what? And so, yeah, yeah I want to go dance the hot chick over there. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, that hurt. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. A lot of the comedy was just weird. It was just a lot of weird stuff that just happens. It's a two hour movie and w- with some comedy elements in it that like there was there's some stuff I thought was funny. But, you know, the whole like the way like he constantly breaks it. Like there's a we get to a part where. He just like breaks her heart in like 10 different ways in order to simulate like what she would have done had, you know, uh, she actually been one of these these women. 
in order to find, you know, what happened to her friend. Uh, and of course, they, they solve that cold case first of like the disappearance of these these 10 women before they solve the cold case of what happened to her friend, because, you know, that has to be the last thing you do. Mm hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Sammy Chang, who was the the female lead in this, uh, was in SpongeBob SquarePants 4D attraction, The Great Jelly Rescue. Uh, which I think is a theme park attraction at Universal Studios Hong Kong, maybe. Yes. Just looking through IMDb credits. Looks like she does a lot of romantic comedies. I mean, that makes sense. She worked in this role in that in that kind of the sense, although uh, much more like unrequited love, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know when she came to love this guy, uh, but like. I guess he's just like, yeah, I love you, but I only said that because I want you to keep living because I know you love me. And then, of course, we get to the hospital scene where he feels her face is like, oh, wait, I should love her because she's beautiful and my status will be <laughs> just fine. Man, what a dick. <laughs> yeah. But it's OK, he's blind, so therefore he can get away with it. Oh, man. She played Chinese food woman in Dora and Diego's 4D adventure. Catch that robot butterfly. <laughs> you know, something I'm actually proud of them for not doing is like him feeling around and like looking for like trying to squeeze boobs and grabbing a boob. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if this was Japanese, that would have absolutely happened. That is 100 percent correct. Huh. Apparently, her and Andy Lau worked together on a movie 12 years prior called Love on a Diet, uh, where they played fat people who were dating. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Wait, did they used to be chubby or are they wearing fat suits? I think they're wearing fat suits. I have to see this movie now. Uh, I'm, I found the trailer in Cantonese. <laughs> Oh, so so this trailer now reminds me. Uh, so when I when we booted up this movie, uh, there was at least uh, eight production company logos that pop up. Yeah, Ashley was like, wait, why are there so many production companies like after the fourth one? And then uh, another one came up and we and I was just like, oh, my God, how many were we going to get? And it, it was just hysterical how many there were attached to this movie. Have her and Andy Lau been together in every movie they've been in? They've been in a lot of fucking movies together. I I feel like they may be like Hong Kong's Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. That's fair. Uh, I'll say this. If if it's fat, if they're fat suits, they're really good fat suits. Yeah, especially in the face. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. So like the first three or four movies I clicked on here had both of them in it and now I can't find another one that has both of them in it. <laughs> I think I oh there's one. I think it might have just been confirmation bias. They have been in, you know, I would say a double handful of movies together. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. So he's actually in Infernal Affairs, which uh for those of you who are unaware is the original movie that The Departed is is based on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they're also in uh, Infernal Affairs 3 and presumably 2 
Infernal Affairs 3, The Search for for More Money. <laughs> well, this has been a mildly interesting segment. Yeah. I was looking to see if they were... Oh, yeah, she's in it, too. Damn. Uh, yeah, her her known for is Infernal Affairs, Love on a Diet, My Left Eye Sees Ghosts, and Needing You. The fuck? My Left Eye Sees Ghosts. A car accident gives a spoiled, troubled young woman the ability to see ghosts, including one of a former classmate. I'm now putting their IMDb's side by side to find all the movies they've been in together. <laughs> oh, she's only been in 41 movies. He's been in 178. Damn. Yeah, that dude, that dude works. It's like Hong Kong's fucking Sam Jackson. Yeah. Gets paid 50 bucks a movie and still a millionaire. <laughs> Blind Detective is the last time they worked together. I believe. Yeah, wild. Wait, where's Infernal Affairs 2? I don't know. Is he in that? Yeah, he isn't. No. Wait. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs 3. What? (laughs) His character in Love on a Diet is fat, so. Oh, no, it's great. Well, uh... The, they call the, the, the detective or like the, the one detective that's his partner that actually winds up uh, marrying the girl that he falls in love with. Uh, uh, he, he is fat Bo. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's wrap up the show because I'm out of things to talk about. Uh, that's fair. So next week on the show, we will be doing uh, the Chris Hemsworth movie Spiderhead, which... Um, they showed a like a three minute clip for during Geek Week. Uh, it also stars uh, Top Gun's Miles Teller, uh, and it actually looks like a good movie. I, I I'll be shocked if we do two good Netflix originals in a row. Uh, Netflix original movies in a row, I'll say, because uh, I mean, say what you want about Interceptor, entertaining as it was, not actually a good movie. Uh, and then I don't know after that. What do you want to do? I don't know. We were talking about Predator. I kind of want to make you watch like a dumb 80s action movie that you haven't seen before. And then we can talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a choice. Uh, We'll go with uh, Eraser, Cliffhanger, or U.S. Marshals. You pick any way you want. Let's do Eraser. Okay. Okay. And we'll leave the the other two in the bucket for maybe a later time. Maybe that's what we can do if we just like Sounds see good. if we just see movies that like and eh, maybe we can watch this sometime. We'll just like keep a running list of like three or four movies and just like throw one on it here and there whenever we pick a do- another one if we don't have something to do. That's fair. I'm down with that. All right, so tune in next time when we watch Spiderhead and Eraser. I have no idea what the fuck Spiderhead is. Uh, It's a like trippy thriller type movie where they're uh, testing uh, experimental drugs on prisoners in order to get the prisoners to uh, reduce their sentences. Ah, that thing. I had no idea that it was called that. 
Yep. Chris Hemsworth doing an American accent yeah. sounds sounds all right. I mean, of course, we heard that in uh, Cabin in the Woods, but still. Oh, God. Fucking ad for the Titan just popped up. Uh, we need to end this episode. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix and so dot com. If you want to stop the show for all things Netflix and swill, you can uh, review us on podcast services, contribute to our podcast uh, monetarily through Patreon at patreon.com slash Netflix and swill or Netflix and com slash Patreon. Uh, either or works. Uh, other than that, uh, thank you for listening. All right. Uh, thank you to space builder for use for a theme song. Bitter. Her. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.